as one who has been entrusted with the onerous responsibilities of guiding our young republic through these difficult times, I must confess that it is always a source of deep pleasure and encouragement to me to receive assurances of the support of the people and their continuing determination to persevere until complete victory is achieved. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, my IPOB family members, everyone, wherever you are listening to in the world, you're welcome to the Biafra Fire podcast, to another episode of the Biafra Fire podcast. Uh, this is a podcast where I try to give a roundup of the news as they concern Biafra and the fight for independence. My email is juxtix at hotmail.com and the phone number is plus 614-690-59521. I'll say that one more time. Plus 614-690-59521. Now, if you're new to the whole issue about Biafra, if you're wondering what is going on, the problem is this, and I'll make it really simple. I'll simplify it. There is a place in the West African subcontinent created by the British. The people do not get along. There's over 270,000 ethnic groups that do not like each other. For the most part, hate each other and are always warring and in strife. That place is called Nigeria. A lot of death happened in Nigeria. So it happens so often. Just the scale of the human misery and the torture and the indignity that goes on in the, that country called Nigeria, which we like to call the zoo, is so massive that people have become numb to their pain and suffering. Now, a guy called Nam the Kano of uh, Igbo region of Biafran Estrak came up and uh, he rallied the troop. He convinced people he made people to see that look we don't have to live like this the world has better to offer us and that it's best to go it alone and that's what biafra and ipob is all about ipob stands for the indigenous people of biafra and it's the vanguard of organizations seeking to get biafra seeking to have the eastern block secede from the nigerian nation so that we can go it alone and it's a cause that means a lot to me it's a cause that i understand it's a cause that i identify with and it's a cause that i am willing to do anything and everything to make sure that it's realized safe of course violence so but then again the monologue i want to talk just very briefly about why the nigerian government is so hell-bent on designating IPOB a terrorist group. Now, the, the, the truth is this. There is no universally accepted definition of terrorism. Some definitions exist in academia, many of them, but like there is no consensus. Just like when you're talking about war crimes, a mother, an incest, an armed robbery, usually there is a defined explanation or definition rather for those terms it is not the same with terrorism or the word terror or terrorist but then again many many uh social scientists many uh erudite men of of letters have actually made attempts to define what a terrorist is and none of this definition none of those descriptions in no matter how you stretch it can actually refer to what the indigenous people of Biafra are doing. The indigenous people of Biafra cannot and can never be a terrorist group. We value human life. We will never murder 
kill or maim. We believe and respect the value of human rights and we of, of the human being and we respect human rights and we are a people of law and order. We have Judeo-Christian values that we respect. We do not believe in shedding blood. We do not believe in eye for an eye. We believe in reason, dialogue and actually persuading people to join your cause. Not through bullets or guns but through the force of your arguments. That is what we believe. That is what Nnamdi Kano believes. And that is what the IPOB leadership believes. But then the Nigerian government has gone on to label IPOB a terrorist organization. And look, it's laughable. It's a joke. The international community have been consistent in their disregard of this tag of IPOB as a terrorist group. In fact, the European Union has come out to say that it's a joke and Nigeria's Nigerian government is showing irresponsibility. And the US has said categorically, we do not see IPOB as a terrorist group. And no other country has designated IPOB as a terrorist group. So whatever Nigeria is doing is an internal shamble, uh, uh, country-level stupidity. Uh, well, but why, why, why did they think that it's good to designate IPOB as a terrorist group? Why did they think that that was the path to follow, that was the path to tow, even though they were... Or, and they have certainly come across as foolish, stupid, and disengaged and immature to the rest of the world. The reason is this. It enables them to attack and kill members of the group without actually having to hold up themselves up to any human rights standard. Even in Sena clients, you do not kill terrorists. You do not even kill the real terrorists. You give them the chance to present their case. You give them fair hearing. But Nigeria feels that once someone is branded a terrorist, they, rightly or wrongly, they can be killed and massacred. Then again, it also ensures that cases cannot be brought against the military or the police. Because for you to testify to have you seen an army man or a policeman torture or kill an IPOB member, you have to first of all agree whether explicitly or implicit or implicitly that you are a pro that you are a member of IPOB. And with IPOB being proscribed, it's going to drive a lot of witnesses on the ground. So a lot of crimes committed by the Nigerian army and security services are not going to be successful in the courts, which the courts anywhere are an extension of the, the, the executive. It's a charade anywhere. But then again, if there ever was a judge willing to be impartial in adjudicating over a case between the security forces and members of the IPOB, there is not going to be enough witnesses willing to come and plead or support the case of IPOB because they are afraid, and rightly so, that they will be tagged terrorists and further prosecuted. And so it forces people to distance themselves from the group and it drives us on the ground. And that's what it does. Some people are not strong-willed enough to go against. So when the Nigerian government brandishing the whole terrorism thing, people are going, oh, are we terrorists now? Or are we not? No. You have to be strong, like Nambakano used to say. You have to be consistent in your struggle. You should not be uh, afraid of the terrorism issue. You should... We have to persevere. We have to disregard the terrorist appellation and be steadfast in what we are fighting for. It's very important. Very, very important. Uh, moving on now to the news coming out of Biafra land. Uh, the fertility of promises made by Buhari to address killings in Nigeria have been laid bare. Uh, one enterprising fellow has re- have recounted on social media that Buhari has one sentence 
that he consistently uses whenever there has been a massacre. The sentence never changed. It is consistent. During the Enugu killings, he said this, I will bring the perpetrators to book. During the Agutu killings, he said this, I will bring the perpetrators to book. During the Nasarawa killings, he insisted, I will bring the perpetrators to book. During the Taraba killings, he said the same thing, I will bring perpetrators to book. And now, during the Plateau killings, he has also said once more, I will bring the perpetrators to book. But then right, right after that, at least he added something new. He said, I can't do anything here. The only thing I can do is to pray for God to come and intervene and restore the integrity of our security forces and actually make Nigerians safe. So Nigerians did not actually vote to God. To be their president they voted you and this guy is so dumb and daft that he does not understand this what the status of the presidency connotes he doesn't he just doesn't understand it so i will bring people to the book and he doesn't he never he okay he bring them to book they are his kingsmen so it's a shame and it's it, what it's it's this this chap that recounted this on facebook is what i call an enterprising fellow Nigerians need to be like this. Nigerians need to actually have a sense of history, have a memory, and recount things and put them in context. This guy is enterprising and he has told us, and he has he has the video clips to prove it, that during the Enugu, Agutu, Nasarawa, Taraba, and Plateau killings, Bukhari has always said that I will bring perpetrators to book, and not one person, not one person has been charged with a crime. Anyway, the presidency has chided the People Democratic Party PDP, saying that it was shedding crocodile, crocodile tears over the recent killings of innocent Nigerians in Plateau State. The report is that no fewer than 50 people were slaughtered in Plateau State this past Sunday. But uh, the current ruling party are actually saying that, oh no, the more people were actually killed during the last pres uh, president's tenure so we should actually be happy about that what a disgrace what a big disgrace according to um Fanny Kayode, Yoruba man, he goes that it is time for the Yoruba to establish a Druwa Republic. We cannot be in a country where the president encourages mass murder and genocide. So even so uh, just as the Biafra uh, movement and for referendum is gathering steam in uh, eastern Nigeria, Yoruba people are actually uh, gathering, uh, getting themselves together to possibly demand that they separate from Nigeria. So the, the, how can I now, remember Nigeria is made up of three uh, uh, major ethnic groups, the Yorubas, the Igbos and the Awasas. Now the Igbos are, we are the ones that want to have Biafra. The Yorubas are now saying that they want to have a, an enclave or a different country called the Duduwa Republic. And how, when, in a country of 170 million and over 120 million of people belong to these three ethnic groups and two of the major ethnic groups ethnic groups want to secede. How can the country continue to prosper? How can the country even continue to exist? So something is rotten fundamentally. Something is shaking at the core. The foundation is just baseless. Now moving on now, horrible honorable Aisha Tudiku and elected member of parliament in a video posted a while back online has explains why she explained why headsmen will kill for their cows according to her they love their cows so much and human life does not and cannot be more important than cows there is a place if you're just joining me for the first time 
a place created in the West African subcontinent by the British. That place is a zoo. It is called Nigeria. And that is where you get people like this, a, a, a senator elected to the house, actually standing in the house to declare that, yes, by nature, Fulani headsmen love their cows more than human beings, and that it is justified, if we are to extend her line of argument, that they are massacred killing people like just destroying lives and property burning looting raping maiming just so that they can cleanse out certain ethnicities and take over their land and graze their cattle so you see the level of intelligence that these people have anyway the news coming out of africa the u.s uk and norway has called for an end to horrendous abuses of civilians in south sudan in the u.s department press release uh, the Ghanaian president has fired the head of the country's electoral commission on Thursday for misbehavior and incompetence. Uh, the DRC, that's the Democratic Republic of Congo, will drill for oil and wildlife parks, even though they're, they're home to threatened mountain gorillas and bonobos. Uh, that's issue of, uh, it raises issue of necessity and uh, need. And if it's uh, arguable that the needs of humans should human beings should actually sub, be subsumed to the need to conserve animals especially exotic and threatened animals uh, the kingdom of swaziland now known as east watini whatever the hell that means are to hold its first gay pride match despite homosexuality being illegal in the nigerian nonsense in focus i was uh, gay laws in nigeria gay laws in nigeria the nigeria passed a law criminalizing gay activities and gay people have been driven underground. I believe that Biafra, when we have it, will be a more egalitarian society where sexual orientations are respected. Uh, the quote of the day is this. They who give up essential liberty to obtain a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. That's according to Benjamin Franklin in his book, Memoirs, in the book, Memoirs of the Life and Writings of Benjamin Franklin. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye.